0: Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Before we get started, let's take a look at the trailer for "Dealing with Idiots.
1: How's it going? You enjoying baseball? Not really. What do you mean, not really?
0: I'm just not good at it.
1: Not good at it? Yeah, I think you're good.
0: Pitcher, I
1: know where your family lives. Stop brushing
0: my boy back. What are you doing? and you were
1: coaching. Mm -hmm. What were the parents like? Were they like these idiots? I didn't know most of them. That's what's wrong with you people. You're so involved. Some of you know, I'm gonna do some research, spend some time with you for possibly my next movie project.
0: This isn't one of those, you get in a room, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, take your top off, I'm gonna film you kind of things, is it?
1: it'll be fun to spend time with the crazy parents
0: i don't
1: think that's such a great idea that's exactly what i was just gonna say sing you know pool over there i sleep over there ladies my buddy max right here you should do my podcast what's your podcast it's like sex and science okay yeah i'm just thinking sometimes if we were to play in one of these games how we would dominate Oh, you and me? Oh, man, yeah. With the kids this age? It must be like how McGuire felt uh, playing uh, standing up there. Now listen, next time you go up, try to get hit, okay? It doesn't hurt that much. Have you ever got a shot at the doctors? Yeah. Hurts like that, takes a second, goes away, and then you get on base. Good. Why is it that lesbians, one of them tends to be more masculine than the other one? Who do you think that is in this couple? You know what's interesting? You're like the exception to the rule. I just want to go watch my son uh, have fun playing baseball. So there you go. My imagination couldn't come up with the stuff that I'm seeing, this behavior. Steven, suck it up! Suck it up! You know that's your son, right?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Whitney Matheson of USA Today, and tonight's guest, Jeff Garland. Thank
1: you. It's really me. Oh, very good. All the Pixar movies. (laughs) Thanks. You got it, man.
0: (laughs) Jeff, I'm so excited to be, As well you should be moderating this event. Even though you just
1: spent an hour with me, I, yeah,
0: that's you true. should
1: continue your excitement.
0: The excitement continues. It yes. builds. It only yes. builds.
1: Yes, it, it does. With me, it builds.
0: So are you enjoying... You have a few days in New York this week. Have you enjoyed your time in the 93-degree heat?
1: Having nothing to do with the 93-degree heat, all I've done is been interviewed and been interviewed and done an interview. And uh, I've had no time to enjoy the magic of the 93-degree heat. <laughs> but it's not bothering me. It's fine. I We filmed Curb Your Enthusiasm here two summers ago right. where it was the record-breaking heat. As a matter of fact, the hottest day, we were filming all-day uh, softball scenes in Central Park. So this is nothing. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I am a big fan of your podcast. I Thank have you. said that many times. And I also love this new movie, which is... Thank you. On iTunes now. We just saw the trailer. It's so on iTunes,
1: so people can watch it on Apple TV.
0: They can. If they you can. Have,
1: right. By the way, if there ever was a bargain in the world of Apple, Apple TV, ninety nine dollars, you're gonna you would dig it beyond belief. That's all I'm saying. No one's paying me, no one's giving me six or seven Apple TVs to give to my friends. <laughs> wink wink. No. I love Apple TV. I mean I, I like all Apple stuff. I dig Apple, but Apple T V is like, I, 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 I use it every day.
0: And the amazing thing about this movie is it's mostly, what percentage would you say is improvised? Close 100%. to 100?
1: 100. 100%. Because
0: there was. As a matter of
1: fact, none of the, the, uh, the script was 20 pages long. Uh, only I saw it, and my co writer, Peter Murietta, and uh, everybody else, uh, the actors, I told them before we filmed the scene what the scene was about. And what their character might want to do in the scene, and then we were off to the races.
0: And and how? how you, I mean, you got very a very high caliber.
1: That's what you need craft. when you do yeah. something like this. Uh, it, you need great people, and they were great, and they delivered. I, I rarely had to do more than two or three takes.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So. The cast was, did you know all these people? Did you have them in mind before you?
1: I had them in mind as I was rewriting the script. I thought, oh, he would be great, she would be great. And I got pretty much everybody I wanted. So it worked out perfect. And also, I only had 12 days to film it, so I didn't have a lot of scheduling problems. Um, I had to rewrite the ending to not include I couldn't shoot the ending that I have with J.B. Smoove, so I added a storyline for the ending, for his character to be doing something else that I could film earlier. That's like an adjustment I had to make. Wasn't difficult, but you know.
0: Now, I remember a few years ago when you had a movie called I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With. I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With, with,
1: yes. Which premiered here at the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh,
0: and I remember hearing that that was not an easy movie to make. Was it no, difficult no, no. to actually, get? Actually,
1: no. That movie was difficult to get finance. I lost financing right. twice, mm. that sort of thing. But when I was actually shooting, it was joyful and a, a pleasure.
0: So in in this case, the fine, everything kind of came together. IFC
1: actually uh, uh, paid for the movie. Um, the, they usually acquire movies you know, at festivals and stuff, but they paid for this in advance. So when I was shooting it, even though it was 12 days, low budget, whatever, I knew it was going to be released. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Um, well, we have a clip from the movie that we should watch, and I think J.B. We J. all S-
1: should watch.
0: I think J.B. Smoove is really in this. We really should. And Bob Odenkirk.
1: I, I, excuse me, those of you at the Genius Bar, the Genius Bar people, yes, you should watch this clip from my new movie. You should. Once the clip is over, go back to your own business. Realize why mail is not getting your mail, all that stuff. But until then, you know, what, what happened to your pictures and iPhoto and you deleted them? Um, yes. But until then, this clip is very important for you. All right? So go ahead, show the clip.
0: All right, let's roll it.
1: It's research for a comedy Gosh. movie that I might or might not even write. So it might not even happen. I'm just sort of getting to know everybody and seeing if there's a movie there about the parents and the coaches and such. So you show up, do uh, research, interview everybody for something that might not happen? Yes. That's the first thing you nailed exactly. Uh so time to me. Uh, if we don't win the championship, I'm gonna pull the plug. So.
0: I'm gotta not be, shooting gotta a gotta movie! with
1: us winning. Run or I'm not uh, a waste of time, I'm not going to sign off on it. Yeah, and what he's not getting is all I'm saying to them is I want to research possibly doing a movie and he's going to pull the plug if they don't win the championship. Those are the kind of idiots that I actually met in real life uh, when my children were playing that made me go, I have to make a movie.
0: And I was saying to you earlier that you should do this. Like, what do you have? Like every year, go out. And I
1: every year I will make a movie. Every summer I will make an improvised movie, and every summer it'll be meet the director here at Apple. <laughs> and um, but next time I'm going to make a Genius Bar appointment. They're hard to get, and maybe with the pull of doing this, I can get in because I'm having problems with my MacBook Pro that can be fixed very easily. But Actually, I'm so into Mac that I actually, um, I've been waiting at the Genius Bar and friends have come up with their computers. i like, oh, and I go, what's your problem? They tell me and I fixed their, their stuff <laughs> before they've even got up there. My stuff was serious stuff that I had no idea what I was doing. But theirs, I, and, and I didn't ruin their computers. Uh, I think that's my fantasy is to work at the Genius Bar. You know what? Oh, I doubt Apple's a corporation. They won't let me. But that would make a great funnier Die video to have me at the Genius Bar <laughs> and uh, people come up and, uh, yeah. That'd be fun.
0: It would be fun. I'm
1: actually going to try and make that happen. You, you sure I'm very busy right now. I'm about to start filming a new TV show. But when I have a free minute, I will do the big Genius Bar bit.
0: <laughs> so, I I know it's not really a baseball... Like baseball is the setting, but it's yes. not really a movie about baseball. It's
1: about parents. Yes. It's not about the kids. The kids are truly the background. Um, my son has a bigger part than most of the kids, but it's about... It's a very adult movie about the parents.
0: Your son has a part. Tell us...
1: No, my son doesn't have a part. Okay. No, I'm saying the kid who plays my son. Yes. That, that part, the son part. Yeah. My son... My sons are... Not allowed to be in anything. That well? Well, here's the thing. I did daddy daycare. I work with kids. Kids are treated like adults. They're not free to be kids when they do. People have expectations that they're, you know. And so, what people have requested my children, friends of mine, filmmakers, and such. No, they can't.
0: So, are you yourself a big baseball fan? I'm a
1: huge baseball fan. Who's your? But not big enough to go to the All Star game tonight. I actually blew off I had th- I was invited three different times uh, to go tonight, uh, and I blew it off because I committed to this, and to be honest, the All-Star game sucks, and I prefer to be here. <laughs> World Series, I may have blown it off. World Series with the Cubs. We wouldn't have even had this conversation oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. off the record.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I saw the other day you sang. I at Field. every Field.
1: Every, that, that's something that the tradition at Wrigley Field. Someone sings Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I do it pretty much every year. And um, I did it this year wearing a Mexican wrestling mask. Because it was there. I just put it on and <laughs> I sang with a Mexican wrestling mask. There you go.
0: Now, this is a pretty, um, I guess you'd call this an indie movie. It is very it's indie. It's most
1: definitely an indie movie. Even though it's financed by an indie company. And the budget was 750000 It's a big bowl of indie movie.
0: <laughs> so the, most of the movies that you watch personally, do you enjoy watching independent film more than... I pretty much budget? only
1: watch. I mean, it's not an elitist... No, I shouldn't say that. I saw White House Down recently, which was hysterical. It's one of the funniest movies. It's so bad, it's great. Oh, did I laugh. Your friend said it was good? Yeah. Well, I'm glad he enjoyed it. All right, well, maybe it is good. I don't know. I'm saying for me... For me, I, I had a lot of laughs. Um, and I didn't care if people talked. See, that's another thing. That's why Apple TV, it's great. You watch it on your TV, no one's talking behind you. Unless you have a family. Actually, in my house, but then again, I'm watching you know, Fellini movies, and I'll say no talking. Or people go, what are you doing, Dad? Quiet, it's Amara Chord. <laughs> um, but uh, um, yeah, I, I see as many indie movies as I can. A lot of them I see on Apple, uh, uh, you know, on iTunes, you know. Um, but also, uh, I could try and go. I just went to the movie theater. I saw Francis Ha. Um, I love going to documentaries. I want to, here's the thing I want to spend money on things that are worthy, you know. So, usually, the crap I wait for Netflix.
0: Now, I wanted to ask some questions about your podcast. You can ask as questions well, about my podcast, which is fantastic. And every episode has been a must, something I must. Listen to. Right. You have, and it also has convinced me you're the probably the best connected person in Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Well, I have, you know, a lot of my friends, I was friends with them before they were stars. So if you want to say that way, the the key to that is picking out smart, funny friends when you're starting out and maintaining nice friendships. And then you can be well connected later on.
0: (laughs) Well, what do you like about podcasting?
1: What do I like about podcasting? Um, you can release it as quickly as you want, even though mine are delayed. But I have nothing to do with that. It's, 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 it's a, um, it's a non corporate, non controlled, uh, artistically freeing way of putting out great programming. I mean hopefully great programming but you know if you have a radio show you got to play the commercials i mean on mine i have i think squarespace and whatever but it's a few seconds every half hour you know um which is the complete opposite of you know regular radio you know so uh, you know you don't know that's why i'm i you know lately i've been on the you know run i think it's because i'm tired Because athletes, when they're interviewed, say, you know. But then again, if we did know, then why did we ask the question? (laughs) That's true. I've forgotten what you asked me. No, that's cool. I enjoy it very much.
0: Tell me some of the upcoming guests, because I know you've already recorded. My next
1: guest that I'm recording is Vince Gilligan, uh, July 22nd or 23rd. Then after that, J.B. Smoove. And... uh, Uh, Yeah, some other ones. come. Dimitri Martin will be coming up. And then I've already recorded Sarah Silverman. I've got, um, oh, um, what's her name? Parks and Recreation. Um, Amy Amy Poehler. Poehler, Who was great. Oh, I love Amy Poehler. Um, Yeah, I've got some great ones coming up.
0: And do you listen to a lot of podcasts yourself?
1: I listen to This American Life. Uh, Occasionally Mark Maron's. Occasionally other people's, you know. But This American Life I listen to, and that's not necessarily a podcast, but I listen to the podcast version because on Saturdays I'm not always able to tune in.
0: Yeah, and you said Vince Gilligan, so does that mean you've seen new episodes of Breaking Bad?
1: Oh, I wrote all the final episodes oh, of Breaking good. Bad. Oh, good. And I actually play all the characters. <laughs> um, no, I have not seen anything, and I will not be asking him about anything because I don't want to know. Yeah. It's not like a game for me. For me, it's like, I wanna watch those shows. Um, I'll probably talk to him about everything but that. So I imagine he'll enjoy our conversation more than other interviews he'll do. Yeah. Because I may ask him for the opening question, um, what's the very last scene? How does that end? But he'll know I'm joking.
0: <laughs> um, and I have to ask, What I'm sure many people here want to know, have you gotten a call from Larry David about another season of Curb Your Enthusiasm?
1: No, but I have gotten many calls from Larry David. I get a call from him every couple weeks and I call him every couple weeks, but we have not discussed Curb at all. I leave him alone. He'll call me randomly and go, hey, you want to do more, more? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But, and the thing with the Goldbergs, my new show on ABC, is that I can still do Curb Your Enthusiasm.
0: Um, and when you and Larry David are just having a chat, what are some things you talk about? Just out of curiosity.
1: What was our last conversation about? Oh, I can't talk about that. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes we talk about baseball. We talk about food. We talk about people we know. We talk about what friends talk about. We just talk. I don't know. Um, We like talking to one another. (laughs) You know What? Our last conversation, he told me he listened to the podcast that he was on.
0: He listened to he, his own? He did.
1: And I thought, that's crazy. I never, first of all, I never expected him to do it. The reason he did it was because we're friends. And then I never would expect him to ever listen to it. It's him. He loved it. And he goes, those are two guys who like each other. And I said, it, it is. you know, It was great. I was so happy that he loved it.
0: Oh, wow, that's good. He told
1: me when we were done recording it that night that was the most fun he'd ever have. Be- he never had being interviewed.
0: Yeah, I think I think it really showed. That comes through. And it's really funny. I'm shocked that you don't use any notes when you're interviewing people. No, no, no I do no and preparation. And it's not even an interview. It's just like you're it's, hanging yeah, out in their kitchen. Yeah, just hanging out and
1: talking. Their their notes would ruin it. Um, preparation would ruin it. That's one of the instances. Like for example, when I do stand up, I generally improvise my show. But a lot of times I'll have an outline or an idea of what I do. Some nights, no, but a lot of times I do. And it, it, can, it can be very helpful to have an outline. But when I do these uh, conversation things, nothing.
0: And before we go, we, I'm sure some of you have questions. I just want to say it was great to see you in Arrested Development again. Yeah, it was and fun. And what was that experience like? like, I, like first off,
1: I had you. no idea what I was doing and what it was about when I was filming it. And to me, they had a board connecting this and that. Like in each scene, what other characters have to be seen for future episodes and past episodes. And I actually said to Mitch Hurwitz, who's been on the podcast, I said, you've combined calculus and comedy. Because it was very mathematical. And it was almost unintelligible what he was, I had no idea what was going on. As long as he did, you know. But it was amazing to see something you'd watch in episode four, you'd see again in episode eight, but from a different character's perspective. Mm -hmm. I thought that was amazing.
0: So you've seen, you watched the whole?
1: I watched the whole thing. I watched all of House of Cards. Um, I can't wait to see Orange is the New Black. As Soon as I get off this press tour, I will, you know. Cool. Yeah, and when I say get off this press tour, talking to people like you in situation like this, lovely. Some people are idiots, but some, you're, you're, you're great. So I'm happy to be here with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Likewise.
1: No, it's true. I'm very happy.
0: Well, why don't we go to the audience for some questions? If any of you guys, I think there's so someone just with raise a mic. Your for hand for. I I'll think we need over. to start We're with him. We're going to start right here, and then we'll come just on over to you in a second. Feeling.
1: Row. Let's start with him. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, my name is Evan, and I have a question. For Wally,
0: Toy Story 3 and Cars 2, how did you develop the, the voice for Captain, the Captain, Buttercup, and Fred? And what was it like being involved in Pixar and working with John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, and Leon Crutch?
1: Okay. A couple things. The idea that you remember or know my character's name from Cars 2 is amazing because I don't even know the name of the character. As far as I knew, I was the lemon, right? I was a lemon car, yeah. Yeah, he towed me in the beginning. So I did, by the way, I did no preparation on any of the characters. Um, They brought my wife and I up to uh, Pixar. To uh, tell me about Wally, it was just some drawings and stuff, and I love how they they wanted to sell me on doing it, <laughs> like it wasn't yes when I got the phone call. They went, I had to fly up to, you know, um, so but they said they wanted what I would be as these characters, and then I I worked three years on Wally. I worked uh, a couple years on Toy Story three. Um, I worked a few months on Cars uh, too, because I came on late uh, for that. Um, as far as working with the directors, what the directors do when you, you don't work with other actors, and what the directors do, and all three of them are great at it, is they paint a picture. As much as I said on, let's say, uh, Arrested Development, which is actually live action, and I'm with other actors, I knew more of what was going on in the animated world, because they would paint a picture, and then, I would go into it in my imagination. And I have to say, as much as people think that animation is easier, certainly bad animation is easy to voice, but with Pixar movies, you do take after take after take and usually when you're doing live action, uh, there's a stopping to reset the cameras, redo the lights, uh, and you go over to the craft service table, have a snack, but these, boom, over and over and over. And you're using your imagination. It's 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 exhausting. You do like three or four hour sessions, and working with all those directors was great. And there wasn't one time that I didn't think to myself, "Oh my God, I'm in a Pixar movie." Every day I thought that. How lucky I was. And I I as mo as wonderful as all of them are. And I, I love Toy Story three, for example. But Wall-E is probably my most proud accomplishment of my career. Um, I'm more proud of that movie than anything I've ever done. Um, so there you go. You're welcome.
0: Next question's right in front of you in the second row. Hello. Hi. How are you, Jeff?
1: I'm young and handsome. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. Um, I love you on um, Curb Enthusiasm. Thank I have a you. question. Um, so, what is your favorite like improv moment on Curb? Like, and what's like the most awkward moment? You know, that just like arose, but it became like genius or something.
1: Well, there's, I, I don't think I've ever had an awkward moment. I had a mistake moment in terms of only one time that we shoot something with my character, um, and it didn't quite work the way Larry wanted. And it's so hard to talk, because you know how the show can be wildly inappropriate. Let's say there's a scene where I tell Larry how I fantasized about his wife. Right. We shot it one time, and it was just a bit too graphic for Larry. So he said, we shot it again, different location, and he said, this time tell me like I should be happy for you, which made it much funnier. So that was one that didn't. Uh... And as far as favorite moments, boy, there's so many. But recently, the one I think I've enjoyed the most was the one where Larry uh, is, for me, as a favorite of me, is pretending to wear woman's underwear. And we had a scene in the kitchen where I. I'm telling him how he's supposed to approach telling people that he wears ladies' underwear. That was one of my favorite scenes to do with him.
0: And I like the scene. Like, it was really funny. I think it's one of the earliest seasons. Like, uh, I think you were sick or something, and then you're like, Larry, you know, go to my house and take out all the porn oh, tapes. All the porn stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and also, I wrote a spec, like, last summer. If you don't mind, like, reading maybe five I pages. I can't read it. Really? Why not?
1: Because if we do anything like it, it's, and the show, hopefully, we will do another season. So I've never read a Curb Spec.
0: Oh, really? Wow. And I've been
1: approached hundreds of times. I'm sure. And yeah, I yeah, apologize. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. And when the show is canceled,
0: right. I'm not
1: canceled, but not on anymore, right, right, I'd right. love to read your Curb Spec right. and tell you my thoughts. Uh, hopefully
0: i right see right you now, again. But right now I cannot.
1: Yeah. You know, Yes, approach me with it in the future. No okay. more Curb.
0: I'll read it. All right. I think so All much. Right, you got
1: it. I see another I'm sorry, question. Though, I truly am, because I was disappointing you. You go, oh, maybe I'll read it, but no. Okay, sure.
0: We're going to take another question in the front row, and then we're going to head over to the second row again.
1: Wow, that's letting them know what's going to happen.
0: Hey, Jeff, thanks for being here tonight. My pleasure. First of all, the scene that you did do talking about... Uh, Cheryl to Larry was yeah. unbelievably funny, the oh, one yeah, that did was, make the cut. It was fun to do, yeah. Oh, great episode. Thank you. But I have a question. When you're filming a movie like Dealing with Idiots, yeah. uh, and it's imp- improvised, Yes. you said usually two or three takes. Uh, two questions about yeah. that. One, are the takes generally very different from each other? And two, uh, when you're in a scene, is it very difficult to know whether you've got what you thought you wanted out of it?
1: Um... A couple of thoughts here. Number one, um, if I do uh, a few takes, if I think I need something again, I'll ask an actor, repeat that one part of it, that one beat. But in general, I prefer, as an actor and as a director, people trying different things every take. And I'm not big on a lot of coverage because I love medium shots and masters so uh coverage is like when you get the singles and all that I, I don't like that very much i mean i'm very influenced by woody allen and a lot of european filmmakers so i'm i love masters and medium shots um, so um in my gut i know when i have it but i have a producer at all times um my i mean uh, christine Vachon, Produce this movie, but also Aaron O'Malley, who's like my producing partner, and she was always on set. So I would make sure, I would check with her every time just to make sure that technically I got what I wanted. I didn't check with her performance-wise, just technically. And if she said yes, I moved on. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Second row, all the way to your right. How you doing, Jeff? You're you killing doing?
1: me, man. All right, go ahead. So I read somewhere
0: that uh, you didn't invite Larry to your son's bar mitzvah. And I was wondering why you didn't invite him and why was he so revealed and happy that you didn't invite him? That's
1: why I didn't invite him. He didn't want to be invited and he was thrilled. You know, I'm gonna tell you something amongst Jews. We don't want to go to bar mitzvahs. I want to go to my son's bar mitzvah. I want to go to certain people's bar mitzvahs. But in general, no, don't invite me to, I don't want to go. He really doesn't want to go. And I told him way in advance, you're not going to be invited. And he would say to me, thank you, oh, thank you. Does it, does it yes, it's, it's just, it can be, I, I don't want to go to weddings, either. I don't want to go anywhere. I like napping. So, uh, yeah, so he was very happy. But it wasn't because I didn't feel he deserved to be invited, or I didn't want him around me. He knows my children and all that stuff. But no, he was thrilled.
0: Yeah. Next question's in the back row in the middle.
1: Okay. You're very good at what you do, um, but it's so official. Yes, my friend. Hello, Jeff. Hi. So what's the difference between raw funny and like stand-up comedy? Raw funny? Yeah, like people just naturally funny or can just make... And stand-up comedy? Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing, if I may. Go ahead. Let's say that you're a funny, funny person. It's gonna take you a number of years before you can make a room full of strangers laugh the way they laugh, or the way your friends laugh at you. So there is a period of adjustment. Uh, I went into stand-up comedy because, uh, well, I wanted to be a filmmaker, actually, at the beginning, that's why I studied in college. Uh, I dropped out to become a comedian, still a comedian, but also a filmmaker. But it took at least 10 years before I made a room full of strangers laugh consistently the way I made my friends laugh. And now I don't even prepare much when I go up and I just treat the audience like they're my friends and just start talking. Uh, But it takes a long time before what I assume when you said raw funny, what that means. All right, thanks. You got it.
0: We're gonna head back to the front I, row. I know. Although I, know. The way to your I love you're big
1: on agendas. Do you use ICAL? Yeah. Live in it. Live in ICAL.
0: Hi Jeff, thank Hi. you. This is wonderful. I'm not even gonna ask you how you are, but I love that response, young and handsome. I think I'll I've start been, using I've it. I've
1: been saying it since I was young and handsome. <laughs> it's fun to say it now and everyone gets
0: a chuckle. Actually, considering what just happened, I'm going to say I'm young, handsome and black in America. You um, are young,
1: handsome, and black in America, and good for you, my friend. Great.
0: <laughs> I want to know what got you into making um, improvised movies, and you know what, what sort of um, really got you into this is you know there's so much scripted stuff out there, yes, and you got into improvised- this genre in which there's so little of it, and you're really you know making such a successful go at it.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I guess the first guy to do improvised movies was Cassavetes. Not that they were comedies by any stretch. Um, and it wasn't like I planned for this, but what led me from a journey, let's say from Second City to Curb Your Enthusiasm, to me this was the logical next step. Uh, when I made I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With, it was not an improvised movie, there was a full script, but I encouraged the actors to improvise. They didn't improvise that much, they did some, but I think this is the way I'm gonna go from now on because it's sort of, this is what I do. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable, it's my, it's my comfort zone and I know and will. I think I'll build up a rep company. A lot of these people you'll see in my next film and I'll keep going that way and I'm always gonna do movies like this. Uh, Not that I won't direct something that's scripted, but I'm either going to have to write a script that I'm terribly proud of. Uh, Not that I'm not proud of the improvised scripts that are 20 pages or so. Or I'm going to have to receive one from somebody who'll say, you want to direct this? And I'll go, wow, this is great. Um, Because I'm a huge fan of you know, Preston Sturgis, Billy Wilder. I mean, I love scripted material, but I think that this is my strength as a filmmaker right now. We've got time for <clears throat> two more questions. We'll, well, the lady in the hat. Yeah, we were going to do one. And then here. who else?
0: And then uh, we'll go, so back row here. No and hat. And how about three? You want to do a third?
1: G- this gentleman right here has been raising his hand for over 30 seconds. We'll do three. We'll start here. Okay. There, the, That's the agenda. That's the agenda. Thank you, I-Cal Johnson.
0: My agenda is... Uh, no, you don't have to
1: state your agenda, but thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, my question is... Yes. Uh, Can you describe the biggest idiot that you have met?
1: (laughs) In life?
0: Uh, Yes. This life.
1: Wow. (laughs) You have said that. You know what the truth is? If I could remember the biggest idiot of my life, I'd have issues. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, they all, it's a parade of idiots through life. I laugh at them. That's all I can do. Yes. We're coming to you, my friend in the hat. (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm a big fan of all of your work, Curb. Thank you. And the Pixar movies and Daddy Daycare, my kids particularly enjoy. Uh, We wanted to know what it's like to work with Eddie Murphy.
1: Eddie Murphy is the uh, quickest and funniest person I've ever worked with. Um, it doesn't mean that everybody else isn't funny. They're great. But I can tell you this. is this is, uh, When I was working with Eddie, things happen on a set that are funny. They just happen. And when you're a comedic person in a movie, you say something funny, the crew laughs. It sets a nice tone, what have you. Every time something happened that I deemed was worthy of me making a comment about, Before I could say what I was going to say, Eddie would make his comment. There wasn't one time, and I'm talking not exaggerating, not one time where what I was going to say was funnier than what he said. He was funnier every single time. And he was very generous to me. There were different funny bits and physical comedy, and he he let me do it. He said, let Jeff, have Jeff do that. He might have been tired, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he was great to work with. Thank you. Thank you. Coming to you now. Thank you, Agenda Johnson. <laughs> or I, Cal Jones, I don't know, whatever you want.
0: Was there a certain point when you were coming up in your career when you finally had that moment where you thought, wow, I think I'm actually going to be able to make a living doing this? Like a Oh, certain- the make
1: a living moment? Yeah. That came one year I made $20,000. And I, there was like three or four years in, and I thought, um, because prior to, even after that, I have to say, I had my dad in, in Chicago wire me money, you know, because I was broke. I had nothing to fall back on, but I had no choice to move forward. And I got to tell you, um, there's never a point where you think... You're, you're, at least for me. And I've talked, you know, I have some friends, and you'd be surprised as to who these people are, especially how successful they are, where I've we've discussed where, like I said, do you feel like a star? And they're like, no way. No way. And I, I know for myself, I know I'm not a star, but I haven't even accomplished half of what I want to or hope to accomplish. And I could be out of work as, actually, I haven't worked in... I mean, I've done some stand up shows, but I haven't filmed Curb in a long time, and I'm about to be employed. I start shooting in August on the Goldbergs. It's been a while since I've really worked and made some decent money. It just, it, it's a, it's, you gotta be passionate and really want it. And I think if I ever become a fat cat, you know, I'll stop being funny and I'll stop doing interesting work. So I like the edge that is always around me. Thank you. Oh, thank you and your bangs.
0: (laughs) Thanks. You're Uh, welcome. I got them trimmed just for you.
1: Oh, you got them trimmed this week, okay. I did.
0: And I just want to say it's been such a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure, thank you. And you guys, thanks for coming. Tomorrow night,
1: by the way, the movie opens at the IFC Center. And I'll be there answering questions about it afterwards. So if you want to come, please do. And it's running there for a week. And like I said, it's available on iTunes So you can do it that way too. And uh, thank you very much.
0: So yes, go see it. Thank you so much.